Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, joined with J.D. Rogers. What's up? And Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. How's hey, y'all. <laughs> How is everyone doing? Ready for Thanksgiving and fall? Ready uh, for it. Yeah, fall's already here, man. Um, well, what are we talking about? First, I want to know, David... Do you guys have any uh, Thanksgiving Christmas traditions? Christmas traditions or Thanksgiving Either. traditions? Either. Like currently, am I like with my chillins <laughs> or with like my family growing up? Uh, with your current, you can answer that however you want, David. Family growing up, we ate Chinese food buffet every hol- every new every Christmas. I <laughs> love Chinese buffet. <laughs> Christmas oh my gosh, Eve, please Chinese don't ever. food no, no, buffet. No. It's real. I love people. Chinese buffet. And then with um, kids today. We do Santa Claus. We say there's a secret about Santa Claus that someday you'll find out, and um, mm. which uh, leads us into a really good setup, Laura, for what we're talking about today. Because <laughs> today we're talking about, man, this just came to me, um, for real. We're talking about the problem of evil. Mm. And um, so the problem is, is that you lie to your children by telling there's a Santa Claus out there? <laughs> no, no, no. I say, hey, there is a secret about Santa. One day you're going to find out. But... Here is how this segues. This are you ready for this segue? I am ready. I, I'm this literally. is going to be the segue to end all segues. Now that mm. I've put all the pressure on myself, <laughs> when you are a young kid, you are told by parents you're not always told there's a secret about Santa, or you are told there's a Santa Claus. You're told there's an Easter bunny. You're told there's a, or a lot of us are. You're told what else? There's a tooth fairy. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, uh, I don't know what else you told. Uh, I think that's it. There are more. Cupid. Leprechauns. Uh, yeah, there's a leprechaun. You know, there's an Easter bunny who lays eggs, which doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. And then he hides <laughs> them. And there's Blind candy. Faith. And you're told all this type of stuff by by parents. And, and uh, sometimes parents... They um, they just go full tilt and they're like, no, he's real. He's for sure real. And look, there's the footprints that Santa was. And I think that's a reindeer on the roof. They're and like, they go, mom, dad, I'm 12. Yeah. Yeah. Hard sell. <laughs> and you're told all these things. And then eventually you, you're you 12 and you bump into a kid at school and they're like, you know, Santa's not real. I can't believe you still believe in that. Yeah. Around the same time in life, a lot of us are told about God. And we're told mm-hmm. that, hey, God is this person who's there and he's real and uh, later on in life, through what we're about to talk about today, which is because how do bad things happen and God still be good? Because the reality of the world and you're told God is good and he's loving and, and he gave his life for you. And then eventually life just kind of kicks the crud out of you. And you begin to wonder, maybe God is just like Santa Claus, just something I was told when I was little to make me feel good or because they thought it would be nice, mm. but he's not actually real. Or if he's there, mm. he's not like the God I was told about. Just like Easter Bunny's not real. Santa Claus isn't real. Maybe God fits into that same category of this mm. person I don't ever see, but he, I'm told he is a part of life. And in the same age, you're told about all of those things. And it can be hard to hold on to, oh, those are not real, but this one is? Mm-hmm. Especially when life and the reality of brokenness and sin mm. and death and sickness and pain and heartbreak and all of that just kicks the, I mean, just life can be hard and it makes you go, I don't know if it was ever real. Mm. Yeah. Cause you think about it, those things were kind of like a, a, uh, 
mountaintop of all the kind of normal bad vibes in life. Yes. Like, it's like, oh, but we just got to look forward to Christmas. Like, I have a theory. The reason why everyone is so obsessed with Christmas is it's because like a, a numbing season mm-hmm. where it's like I get to act like all my problems aren't there because there are warm, fuzzy feelings and lights and mm-hmm. presents and parties. And it's like a, I'm just going to add like reality. It's it's the, it is the season. It's like it's, it's, it's a distraction yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm not trying to be Scrooge over here. But I think if you think about it, all those moments were like, yay, tooth fairy money. Yeah. Yay, Easter bunny, like all these things that like happiness, happiness, happiness. And then they weren't real, weren't real, weren't real. Yeah. So then like, where do I have now is my like, the, the evil was re- like the pain though is still real. Yeah. That all stayed the same. Yeah. And uh, not saying that I'm like in second grade going through it, <laughs> like writing rap songs, but I. Uh, sure, but eventually it, it's, you, it's a, it you makes know? sense. It makes yeah. sense. I never thought about it this way, but it makes sense. See that segue, people? Yeah, that was a pretty great good. segue, oh. David. So honestly. with that, David, now we're all in our 20s and 30s, yeah. and the pain is still there. The Easter Bunny ain't real. Yeah. And uh, Christmas and stuff is right around the corner, but more than any of that, 2020 is specifically, life is always. And it's always sucked, sure. But like right now, it's just like they can hit after hit Mm -hmm. after hit. And for the person who's either trying to wrap their mind around God or trust God or believe in God or they have been following God, it's like, yo, where is he at? And if God is in control and if God is sovereign and God wants good for his people, why is there so much pain this year? Yeah. Yeah. I I would say, so this is like the classic age-old question. Mm-hmm. And um, if how can God be good and evil exist, or how can things be so messed up and um, and God still exist? And uh, what we're about to talk about <clears throat> is an emotional question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, it's not a people don't logically go, "Hey, because." Because um, I could give you a logical answer of, "Oh, evil can exist and God still be good." In fact, the Bible provides the most compelling, clearest. Uh, answer to all of those questions and all those problems. But this is an emotional question. So as you're entering into this, knowing that um, the person who's asking this, they are either asking it from an intellectual, like, you know, I want to get over this. That's an easier one. They may be asking it because their mom just got a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. They just got a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. And how you navigate caring for them and addressing this question or addressing this subject really matters and being sensitive and considerate, mm-hmm. kind, mourning with those who mourn and, um, and addressing that. Because so the idea, like why I say it's emotional is it's not a logical. If I ask the question, hey, did bad things prove that God isn't real? Did the fact that I see mm-hmm. bad things and things not okay, things are wrong, does that prove God is not real? And we would say, no. The reason being, if anything, you could make a case for the fact that I see things as wrong and I believe thir- certain things are wrong. Like we can disagree on, hey, um, you know, if somebody listening, they don't have to be a Christian to be like, I don't think it's wrong to sleep with your girlfriend. But most people would say, I think genocide or murdering people because of the color of their skin or their race or their ethnicity, that's wrong. I think uh, you know, 99.9% of people would say, nope, wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. Why? If God isn't real, 
there's no moral standard. There's no absolute right and wrong. In other words, it truly, and people are going, no, we can still agree that it's wrong. I know, but it's just our opinions. We could change. If the majority thinks, no, it's, it becomes okay to own slavery, is it okay then? Mm-hmm. No, we go, no, it's fixed. Why is it fixed? In other words, you can't actually declare something wrong without some standard of right and wrong existing. Mm-hmm. God is a answer to why you and I have something inside of us that says, no, I feel like there's an internal standard in our heart that tells me something is wrong. If you don't have God, and specifically the Bible, I think provides the clearest case that, no, the reason you even think there's wrong things in the world is because God exists, because God who exists put that standard in your heart. Romans chapter two, verses 14 and 15 says, when people who don't know God, who don't have any law or Bible by nature, do what the law requires or what the Bible says to do. They're kind of people or they, they don't kill people or they do. They show the law is written on their hearts and their consciences also bear witness and their thoughts sometimes accuse them and they feel bad about things they did or even defend them of, man, I feel like I'm justified in that. And Paul in Romans chapter two says, man, God hardwired inside of us because he put, he made you in the image of God. And he put in there a standard of good and evil. So even the fact that somebody goes, I think there's really messed up things in this universe could be an argument for God um, less than against him. And again, I'm not trying to dismiss or invalidate because the problem of pain and evil uh, is an emotional one. Mm -hmm. And there is no emotionally satisfying answer to the fact that little kids are stolen from their family and sold into sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. That God's not okay with that, and no one, sh- it should be okay. That in other words, nothing you're about to listen to will make you go, oh, yeah, no, right. I'm okay with that. Now yeah. you gave me the answer. Now I'm okay with right. terrorism and adultery and slavery and racism. Yeah. No, I'm okay. No, you can't be emotionally okay with it because God put that inside of you where God's not emotionally okay with the evil in this world to such a degree that he would die on the cross to get rid of the evil in this world. So the first thing I would say is to the question, does bad things happening prove that God is not there. No, if anything, it could be evidence that he is. That's really good, David. I love that you said God's not okay with the evil in this world, because I think a lot of us, um, just like you were mentioning, you know, Easter Bunny, Christmas, it's all good feelings. And then the second that things go sour, we start putting the blame somewhere. And it's like, okay, God is to blame or God's not real. And the fact that you just switched the um, thought there to know God actually really cares about that is pivotal. And it's been pivotal mm-hmm. for me and think can be pivotal for other people. Understanding God is going to do something about every single bad thing that has happened to you. Yeah. And he cares about it. He's not just sitting up there thinking like, well, no big deal. Yeah. He cares. Yes. Um, the second thing I think that people, uh, I think you'll tell me if this is wrong. Like, so it doesn't prove God doesn't exist, but I think it can make people wrestle with, well, is God really good? Totally. Like I was told he's really good. He's really loving. He really cares. And he's in control. He's really powerful. So he could stop anything at any time. He could prevent any evil from happening anytime. And he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, how is that okay? Yeah. And does it make him some like puppet master who's like, like laughing at our pain almost or yeah. like, it's like, I see the freight train coming and I'm not taking you off the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say, David, if somebody's like, why isn't he doing something about that? I would say um, he has in Jesus, which is, of course, like the token. Oh, okay, he has in Jesus. But on the cross, that was ultimately where he put sin and pain and brokenness on an expiration date. Like it was given mm-hmm. a shot clock. Boom. It's not going to last forever. So um, 
does it prove that he's not necessarily good? I think the person asking that question, how, how can God allow evil to exist and still be good? I would then ask them, hey, man, if you could in a second, if I put an easy button in front of you and said, hey, if you hit that button, you get rid of all the evil, all of the unjust things, all of the bad things in the world, everything messed up, all of it is gone. If you hit that button, would you hit that button? And they may mm-hmm. go, yeah, I would hit the button. And, and I'd say, but before you answer, have you ever, or anyone you know, or any person you're dating, or anyone in your family, or any parent ever done anything wrong? Because if you hit that button, they're all gone. Every mm-hmm. person is gone. Any future kids that you're going to have could be gone. All of, are you, you still want to hit that button. And ultimately, if you want to hit that button, you're going to remove you. Like if God's going to remove evil from the world, like where does he start, draw the line? So the idea of, hey, God, you can't be good or else you would get rid of all the evil is a question that I think most of us would go, are you saying you want God to get rid of you? You got God to get rid of anyone you know who's ever done anything wrong? You want God to get rid of, of all the world around us? The Bible teaches God will eventually get rid and remake the world. And in the meantime, the only reason he's patient and he hasn't yet hit the easy button because he could in a second is because in Second Peter chapter three, he says, he is patient, wanting no one to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise to return, to um, bring about the new heavens and the new earth, Peter says. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So all of the pain and the suffering God sees, we see such a fraction of it. We see what the news shows us. We see what our experiences show. God sees all of it. Every crying tear, God sees every person who's ever lived all of it. Mm. And he's patient despite the fact that it breaks his heart more than it breaks yours or mine because he wants people to come to trust in Jesus, to spend eternity with him. Secondly, and I think this is really, this is an emotionally helpful thing for me. The Bible also teaches that God allows good to happen. I'm sorry, God allows bad things to happen and there he uses those things to bring about good. Mm. So I can't always see how something horrific could have something good taking place. I can't see how a terrorist attack could have anything good brought about from that. But that doesn't mean that there isn't good that could be brought about from that. So here's what I mean by that. A lot of people are like, hey, um, it makes no sense why, um, you know, Hitler would exterminate 6 million people. Um, so God can't be good. Man, that is that was a horrific, one of the greatest evils in human history. And despite that, there could be a good that God didn't cause that. God didn't want that. God died for every person there. And God wants, you know, none of that to ever happen. But despite that, there could be something, I don't know, there could be a way that God in his, in his divine control uh, and in his sovereignty, which is just a word for the fact that he's in control, he allowed it to happen or he allowed it to take place. And there was a better good that was brought out from it hmm. because I don't necessarily, I can't see everything that God can see. I'm, I'm, I'm limited in what I can see. It's like this. I use this illustration at the porch one time. If I was to say, hey, there is uh, COVID on a Amazon box outside of your house right now, what would you do? You would go and you would look or you would not, you'd put on gloves, you'd take it away, hazmat suit, you'd be like, man, I'm not not touching this. And- uh, Monsters Inc. fans. And would you, uh, you could not be 100% confident that that is true. Like you would look at it, but you couldn't see it, right? Because why? Because germs are too small to see, right? Mm -hmm. 
if I was to say there's an elephant on top of the Amazon box outside of your house, like an actual large, huge elephant standing on side of it, in a second, you could easily determine, you go to your front door, you look outside, you see the box, you would know like, uh, no, you're telling the truth or you're not because yeah. an elephant's much easier to see than germs. Yeah. There's something inside of us that assumes, hey, if there was a good reason for this to happen, it would be like an elephant mm-hmm. and I could see it, mm-hmm. not like a germ that, man, I can't see it right now, but I, there's a way possibly for someone to see it or there could be something there, even though I can't see it with my own eye. We often assume it's like the elephant when in reality, that is such arrogant thinking because it assumes that we could see things as clearly as God could and see everything as clearly as God could. And the truth is life and God bringing good from horrific things about is much more like germs on top of a box that may or may not be there than an elephant that I can clearly determine in a second. Nope, it's there or it's not. Yeah. And we think black and white like, hey, it's there or it's not. And if I can't see it, then there's no good reason. And um, and that just is, is built on faulty thinking or the assumption that, man, if there was a good reason to be there, I for sure would always be able to see it in every single moment. And uh, And that's just not the case. So finally, I think on this question in particular, why Christianity, I wish everyone would be a Christian, is I think it answers how bad things happen and gives a solution for uh, this question better than any other worldview. Like without it, you either are left to, there isn't such thing as evil, or um, without a Christian worldview, without God being there, without God being who the Bible says that he is, you either have to go, you know what? There's not actually such thing as evil. It's just everybody's opinion. Mm-hmm. or you're left with the, the reality of, man, there is evil in the world. God is there, but does he care? Has he done something about it? And, um, and I think Christianity explains how did sin get here? Like, why are things the way that they are? Why is everything so messed up? It wasn't, um, it was Adam sinned against God. And when that happened, evil entered the world. Evil wasn't created. Um, as J.D., I know, You've said before, or we've talked about before, that evil is not the um, creation, it's the absence of goodness. Mm-hmm. Just like darkness is the absence of light. Darkness is not something you make, you just take all the light away and it becomes dark. And in the same way, evil is the absence or the removal of goodness from something. So when sin entered the world, sin broke everything. And that explains why this world is so bad. Jesus, when he walked on the planet, promised in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart of overcome the world. He promised like, man, it's going to be really messed up right now, but there's coming a day where if you put your trust in me, I'm going to remake everything and I will make, and the old heavens and earth are passed away and I will make all things new and I'll wipe away every tear from every eye. And, um, and I've gone to the cross to show you, I care so much about evil being removed and I didn't want to remove you. So I gave my life so that I would be crushed. And I think Christianity provides the answer to the problem of pain, the problem of evil, and, and the solution to that. That's really good. I'm going to ask you a question from a real life conversation I had last Friday. Come on. So I was talking about how uh, that evil and brokenness, it all happened in Genesis 3, like because Adam and Eve made a choice and sin entered the world and it broke everything, right? Mm hmm. And this was actually a really good question because um, I think it's easy to talk about actions that we do or actions that somebody else has done. But what about the things that are like passive? So 
for instance, like the difference in punching or murdering someone, like that's an actual action. Mm-hmm. What about the things that are like just done to us? Like how does how does sin affect that? And how is like, for instance, a baby getting cancer? So how can you kind of justify and say that evil has created that? Yeah, I think it's a really important and really, it goes back to what I was saying before, um, because not all of it is a result. I mean, tsunamis hit and they wipe out and they destroy people. Mm -hmm. Um, Hurricanes destroy people's lives and they kill people. Like how can God be good and that still happen? And I think the, um, the Bible teaches that sin, when it came in, it fractured everything. That means the ocean, that means, that means uh, the cells in your body, it means everything got corrupted hmm. and impacted by sin. And, um, and when bad things happen like that, as a Christian, we, can, we understand, hey, that happens because sin entered the world and everything fractured, life, death entered with it. And so now people bury their, their sons and they would never, they were never supposed to bury their sons. People bury, um, people die. Every single person dies. Whether we get a vaccine or COVID, vaccine for COVID or not, every person is going to die. And um, there's no vaccine that can prevent that. So how can that be okay? And that's where as Christians, I think we rest in, in the promise of God of like, man, one day I'm gonna make everything new. In the meantime, anything bad that happens, I will, there is a good that I will bring about through it and I can bring about and I'm working and I will bring good through it. And even though you can't see it, you can't always see how a baby having a brain tumor, there could be any good coming from that. Um, But just like you can't see if there's germs on the box, Mm. you may not be able to see it. You may not ever get to see it. One day you will. And you're gonna look Mm. back and go, man, everything. The most like classic illustration that I've used is, I feel like I've beat this one to death almost, but one more time, who cares? <laughs> At AM football game, I'm sitting on the on the floor on like the uh, the ground level and you're watching the game. You can know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're watching the game and players out on the field and it's all great. And then the band comes out at halftime and A&M's Texas, the band at Texas A&M, dude, it's not like your normal band. They, they are all about the marching band. You so they come this. out. Yeah, people people watch the band. Most people are like, all right, nacho time, let's go. Nope, <laughs> that's not what you do at A&M. You're watching the band. But if you're on the ground level and you're looking just eye to eye, you're just like literally, they're right in front of you, you're seeing them and it just looks chaotic. The tuba's walking in one direction and he turns around and the trombone's walking in another direction. And it just looks like, man, it's a amp pile that got kicked over. Yeah. <laughs> and all these instruments are walking towards and he's about to collide. And they, what are they doing? And then you look up at the screen and you see it from above. You see the aerial view, the aerial camera shot that's looking down yeah. at the band. And you see that, oh, everything looks chaotic on the ground level. And why are they walking so bizarrely? And everybody's in different directions. And then you look up and when you see it from above, you see there was purpose, there was order, there was beauty. There was something happening that you couldn't see until you saw it from above. And I think that's gonna happen someday for us. And I think in the meantime, we can rest in that Jesus has promised in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I will overcome the world. And um, and I was talking with a friend about this. It's funny that, uh, and I get what we do because it's just so emotional and so painful and life is hard, but Jesus promised us, hey, you're gonna, it's gonna be hard, mm-hmm. but one day I'm gonna make everything new. And ironically, when things are hard, we begin to go, I don't know if I can trust you. Mm-hmm. 
which is like me saying um, to a friend who invited me deep sea fishing, who was like, bro, I'm just telling you, you need to take something, you need to eat breakfast. Like you're going to get seasick because you don't go deep sea fishing. You're going to feel sick. And we got on the boat and what happened? I got seasick. If I was to turn to him and be like, man, this is exactly why I can't trust you because what you <laughs> said was going to happen is exactly what's happening. And I don't like it. And I feel so uncomfortable and I don't feel good. You'd be like, what? I told you that's going to happen. Like, that's why you needed, or I told you before, it's going to happen. And now it happens and you you don't trust me? If anything, you should trust me more because what I told you ha- would happen is happening. And um, and I get it. It's it's because it's emotional and it's hard and life is painful. And um, at the same time, all of those emotions, God sees, he keeps all your tears in a bottle, Psalm 56 says, and that God is more in tune and cares more about what you feel and more about the pain and brokenness and He cares more for babies with tumors than any of us could ever know. And he didn't want this world to be a world where babies died before their parents or where people went through and they got cancer and they got sick. And dads like JD's died at 42. Mm. He he wanted a world where we would know him, walk with him. And he's promised one day that's coming. And in the meantime, hold on and trust me. This world is not your home. One day you'll, you'll arrive at the place he has for all of us in eternity through Christ. So. Why do you, yeah, why do you think it is that we have those expectations? I know that there are preachers out there kind of teaching that uh, if you follow Jesus, if you give this amount of money, then you're going to get it back. Or uh, kind of if you follow Jesus, everything's going to be up and to the right. Yeah, I, I think they don't know their Bible. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are taking advantage of people, but I don't. Th- I just think that they... I mean, it sells, it sells. If we get on here and we're like, hey, if you listen to this podcast every week, your life is going to be amazing and you're going to get married probably by the end of 2020. And you know what? The <laughs> vaccine's coming in hot. We may even send you one in the mail. Call us at 255. And um, I just think it it uh, it leads people astray and it doesn't teach what the Bible teaches. So sad. Well, uh, only thing I want to add is talking about the problem of evil. Um, Ephesians 6 says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. And I think also we just have to remember that there is an enemy who is evil and he likes to see evil things take place. Yeah. And so something I really heard one time um, that really brought me a lot of comfort is like, well, why doesn't God do something about evil? And to open up perspective and go, who's to say he isn't? Mm-hmm. There is so much evil in the in the in the spiritual realm. Like there is an enemy yeah. who is trying to literally like his biggest win is if you commit suicide. Yeah. Like that's what he wants you to go to. And the fact that you're even living another day, mm-hmm. I think there's something there to be said. And who's to say the amount of evil that you're seeing isn't twenty percent mm-hmm. of the potential hundred percent of evil. Like who's to say that he's not ridding you of 80% of more potential evil that the enemy would have, if he could have his way, you know, would do to you. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just, and that's, and I would encourage anyone listening, if you haven't read the story of Job, uh, just kind of that idea of like God having this conversation, it's like a weird conversation with Satan where he like let Satan have his way, um, which was still was God, God was still having his way. And then there's this beautiful moment where Job finally meets his end and God reminds him of who he is and who's in control of evil mm-hmm. and uh, brings me a lot of comfort. So That's right, man. Yeah. That's good. And his friends are giving him really bad advice in the middle of that. Yeah. yeah. So, Man, well, hey, Father, I just pray for anyone who's walking through just the valley of the shadow of death mm-hmm. or heartbreak 
or of loneliness or despair, that you would meet them where they are, that you are the God who brings comfort. And, um, and as we've prayed many times, that you would just be bigger and more real than the fear, than their pain, than cancer, than their job loss, than the challenges that they're facing, that you would raise their awareness of your nearness and they would, in a, in a way that um, they would have a tangible sense of your presence and that you would just be bigger and more real than the storm. Mm-hmm. So we love you and we trust you and thank you for Jesus who went through the storm of crucifixion and death and hell so that we wouldn't have to. So in Christ's name, amen. 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 Psalm thirty four seventeen says that God is close to the brokenhearted. So just like David prayed, if you're going through something, this was heavy, y'all. <laughs> and I feel like, but but I think appropriately so. I think people are hurting. You know, yeah, life totally. is stinking hard. Totally. But God, God loves you. That's right. I love it. All right, that is it for us. Uh, as always, if you have questions, email us at info@theporch.live. We love you, fam, and we'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.